Good morning. You guys doing well? You doing? No? No? I'm so sorry. Well, I hope that today your day gets better. Hey, real fast before we get going, if you're not facing me, if your back and your chair is turned away from me, can you turn your chair around so that I can see your lovely faces? That's awesome. Guys, I am so stoked and I'm doing so well today because I'm so excited about what we're going to talk about today. We're talking about underestimated and the topic is the greatness inside of you guys. Mm-hmm. How many of you know that you're great? Connor knows that he's great. For real. Guys, this, this topic that we're going to go into today is literally the reason that I do what I do. It's the reason that I um, love my job and I love hanging out with you guys because you guys are pretty awesome. Um, and we're going to do it by kicking off a message focus, a message series focus called Underestimated. Everyone say underestimated. Say it one more time. Underestimated. Who here knows what underestimated means? Raise your hand if you think you know what underestimated means. Can you give a definition? Anyone? Okay. I'm going over to Will over here. All right, Will, you tell me what underestimated means. It's like when somebody thinks you you can't do something, but you actually can, and like they don't think you're good enough to do it. Right. Come on. That's a good answer. Give it up for Will. That's awesome. That's a great answer. Um, I wrote a, a simple little definition. To me, to be underestimated means to be undervalued, misjudged, or not taken seriously. Underestimated means to be undervalued, misjudged, or not taken seriously. So now I recognize that this word underestimated isn't a super common word in our vocabulary, right? right? It's not super common, but chances are most of us have experienced uh, the feeling or experienced being underestimated at some point in our lives. Would you agree? Feeling misjudged, undervalued, um, not understood. Um, how many of you guys play sports? Raise your hand if you play sports. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, if you play sports, maybe maybe for you, you've experienced feeling underestimated by having like a coach that'll never start you in any of the big games, right? You know, you're like, you know that if he, he started you, you know that you'd show him that you have what it takes, that you can do it, but he, you might have a coach that seems to underestimate your abilities as an athlete. Or um, a lot of us go to school. I know there's some people that are homeschooled in here, but a lot of us go to schools, public schools, private schools. Maybe for you, you have a teacher that consistently um, kind of undervalues and underjudges your abilities. You know that you're smarter than they give you credit for, but they keep underestimating what you're capable of. Or how many of you have parents? Raise your hand. Right. Raise your hand. Most of you have parents, right? So for you, you know, for us, sometimes we can feel underestimated or undervalued by our parents when we're, uh, you know, there's things that we're cap we think we're capable of, we think we're ready and we're responsible enough for, but our parents don't seem to think that way. And, and parents, sometimes that's justified. That's right. <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> but it can still leave us feeling underestimated, right? Would you agree? Who here can relate to a feeling that way at some point in your life? Raise your hand. This is an all participation. Okay, good job. All right. So for me, uh, I was I can honestly say that I've I've felt feeling the feeling of being underestimated at a lot of different points in my life. But I was trying to think back to when I was in middle school, and so one specific moment. Uh, came to mind when I was in middle school. So it was when I was about 14 years old. First of all, I have a picture of me as a 14-year-old. Oh, yeah. I threw that up there to, for you to laugh at me. Hey, 
All you who don't think, never mind, I won't say that. Never mind. Hey, so that's me. Yeah, 10 years, 2009, I was 14. It's awesome. You can take that down. So uh, when I was 14, um, I thought I was pretty old. And, and so one, this one summer, my mom decided to go out and get a part-time job. So for me, my whole life, my mom had been a stay-at-home mom. She'd, work, or she'd, she'd either worked from home or just been a stay-at-home mom. And this summer, she went out and got a job. And that would have been fine for me, you know, um, I could take care of myself. I had no problems. It was only a couple hours a week uh, or a couple hours a day during the week. Um, But for some reason, my mom thought that I needed a babysitter. Yes, for me and my little sister. I was 14 years old. And so with my mom, when my mom was around growing up, you know, it was like I could go around the neighborhood. I could do whatever I want. I could go hang out with my friends, could ride my bike down the street to the gas station, all those things. But when I had a babysitter, it was a much shorter leash. How many of you know when your babysitter is around, usually you're like, you have to be like, yep. So this is the situation. And I just remember being so frustrated with my mom and arguing with my mom because I'm like, mom, I'm 14. I don't need a babysitter. My sister was 12. And I was like, I can take care of my sister. And she seemed to think that I wasn't able to. And, you know, looking back at it now, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But in the moment, it definitely made me feel underestimated. It made me feel like she didn't think I was responsible enough to take care of myself and my sister when I knew that I was, right? So here's what I want to do. I want to take a few minutes at our tables, and I want to give you an opportunity to share if there's any areas in your life where you feel like somebody's underestimating you. And I know we're going a little bit deep here in conversation, but we can trust our table leaders. We can trust our friends. Go ahead. Feel free to share about where you feel underestimated. Go for it. All right, I think it's time to hear from some people. Can I get everyone to turn those chairs back around so I can see those faces? Is anyone, I know this can be kind of a private thing, but does anyone feel like they want to share an area where they've been underestimated in their life? Does anyone want to share? Yeah? Steven. I had to wait till I was 14 to go to Dave and Buster's, but then my sister went to Dave and Buster's about two weeks ago. And how old is she? Uh, she's turning 12 sometime this week or next week. Yeah, that can definitely make you feel underestimated, undervalued, right? All right, that's good. Thanks, Stephen. Does anyone else want to share? Anyone? Can I, uh, maybe any leaders want to share? No, I don't want, only if you want to share. She's pointing at you. Sally's pointing at you. You don't, you don't have to share if you don't want to. You'll share? All right, cool. So this year I was cast as a lead in our school musical and a lot of people didn't know that I could sing and it was very surprising for like my aunt and my parents and the whole cast to hear me actually sing because I'm not in like choir or anything. So. Wow, that's awesome. So you were underestimated before but then you sh- it was a positive thing, right? That's cool. You were able to show them, turned it into a positive. That's awesome. Anyone else? Bob, you want to share? <laughs> He's pointing at you. You willing? Bob, this is part of being a leader, man. <laughs> it's good. Uh, yeah, when I graduated high school, um, I was actually, actually, I was too young to join a, an adult softball league, but they, my stepbrother was in there, so they kind of snuck me in, and I was small kid in high school, same height, but I was only like 140 pounds, and I was playing with these softball against these guys that were six foot, six foot two, big guys, and when I would get up to bat, they would see me and go, oh, everybody move in, move in from the outfield. 
And I'm like, I was a good ball player, and I was bouncing, you know, hitting it off the fence. I was getting doubles and triples all the time against these guys that didn't know me until they, you know, then the next time I'd come up there, oh, back up, back up. So, so yeah. That's awesome. That's good. But I think we can all agree, right? I'm sure there was lots of stories we can all agree that we felt or experienced feeling underestimated, right? Everybody is underestimated at some point in your life. I have a slide that says that. Next one, next one, boom. We've all been underestimated, right? Raise your hand if you'd agree. At some point, you've been underestimated. It's good. Um, we've all not been taken seriously. We've been all been undervalued, misjudged at some point. But can I be honest with you guys? One of the things that I think that middle schoolers are often underestimated in is actually in your faith in God, I think sometimes middle schoolers, you guys are underestimated in, in your Christianity, specifically your ability to own your faith and make an impact in the world. Sometimes people underestimate your ability to own your faith and make a difference in the world. And guys, can I tell you, as somebody who knows middle schoolers, this actually kind of ticks me off and frustrates me. Does it frustrate you? Because it should. It frustrates me because I know what you guys are capable of. This is like what I said earlier. You guys are capable of great things. There's greatness in you, and I know that. I know that you're incredible. Connor, I was just on your Instagram the other day, and I watched you share and talk on Instagram talking about how um, I think it was a sports camp, right, improved your speed. Right? Right? I watched that video and I was so impressed by how articulate you were and how able well you were able to communicate and, and say what was on your mind. It was so impressive to me. Give it up for Connor. He's awesome. <laughs> but guys, it, it frustrates me that that you guys haven't been taken seriously. And for you, maybe you've experienced this, maybe you've experienced it by at church by not no one actually sitting down and taking the time to explain what this Christianity thing is about and ask you questions and allow you to ask questions. You know, maybe for you, you've just been told, hey, knock it off, stop goofing around. Your whole church experience has been people that telling you to sit down and shut up. Maybe that's what's happened to you. Maybe for you, no one actually takes time to ask you what you think about Christianity and what you think about God and your thoughts. We're trying, we try and change that by allowing you guys to have table groups and allowing you to share. But that still is a case sometimes that you guys who are in middle school get underestimated in your faith. Would you agree? And that frustrates me. Because I know there's greatness inside of you. There's incredible greatness inside of you. You know, one of my favorite phrases is, is says there's no junior Holy Spirit. There's no junior, there's no Happy Meal version. I have a picture of a Happy Meal. There's no Happy Meal version of Christianity. There's no Happy Meal version of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that if you believe in Jesus, you confess Jesus as Lord, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Catch that. The same spirit that raised Jesus up from the grave, that death could not even overpower this spirit, that spirit lives in you. And that makes you pretty powerful. And I don't ever want to underestimate that. 
I don't ever want to underestimate that. And I can just speak on behalf of myself and every leader in this room. I want you to know we take you seriously. Connor, I take you seriously. Stephen, I take you seriously. That's Stephen too. Chloe, I take you seriously. For real, we take you seriously. Is that good? You guys still with me? Are you guys still with me? For reals, you're good? Come on. That's good. Let's keep going. Um, I want to share a little bit uh, from the Bible. So in order to set the stage, in the beginning days of Christianity and the message of Jesus being spread all about the earth, there was a guy named Paul. Does any, has anyone ever heard of Paul before? Raise your hand if you heard of Paul. So Paul was this phenomenal Christian leader. He, he honestly, he wrote like half the New Testament. He planted tons of churches. He was kind of like the big cheese. I've never used that expression before. Please don't ever let me say that again. <laughs> he was like the big deal um, in, in Christianity. He planted all these churches. He was really humble. Um, this phenomenal leader, but at one point in his life, Paul met a really young guy, he was pretty young, um, named Timothy, who was passionate about Jesus. Is there any Timothys in the room? Anyone named Timothy? Anyone? No? That's awesome. That's all right. Your name's Timothy? No, that's all right. But for real, so Paul, this great leader Paul, met this really young dude, Timothy, who was on fire for Jesus. But Paul, remember, Paul was this great dude, this great leader. It would have been really easy for Paul to just kind of pass by Timothy and go, that's awesome, but kind of underestimate him and his abilities because he was young, right? He could have done that. But instead, Paul actually decides to mentor and encourage and pour into Timothy. In fact, all through the New Testament, Paul constantly talks about Timothy, and he even writes two letters to Timothy that make up two books of the Bible, and so he says a bunch of things about him. Um, and at one point, uh, he, or at lots of points, he calls him his own son. Um, and at one point in, in a letter to Timothy, he says this. Throw it up on the screen. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. Can we just stop and acknowledge those names? Those are great names, isn't it? Come on. Carly, are you going to name your kids Lois and Eunice? Maybe, probably, that's awesome. Anyway, so he says to Timothy, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and, and your mother Eunice, and I know that same faith continues strong in you, Timothy. Paul says about Timothy, he says, you, Timothy, even though you're young, you have genuine faith, and you have strong faith, and he believes in him. It's awesome. But what's crazy is that, that Paul believed in Timothy so much that he actually appointed him, as a young man, he appointed him as the leader over the entire Christian community in the ancient city of Ephesus. It's a major city. Everyone say Ephesus. It sounds like emphasis, so we need to say it with emphasis. Ephesus. Ephesus, yeah. So Timothy becomes the leader of the church, not just one church, but the church in the entire city. That's pretty amazing, right? It's a pretty big role. But here's the interesting thing. Even though Paul, who is the great leader in Christianity, believed in Timothy, there were others in the church who underestimated him. 
who underestimated his ability to lead because they thought he was too young. All the old fogies. <laughs> I'm not going to do that one ever again either. Landon, you like that one, right? <laughs> the old folks... These guys, they misjudged Timothy and said, you know what? Because he's young, he can't actually lead. And they were complaining about him, and they were talking bad about him. And Timothy writes a letter to Paul, and we don't have that letter, but we can assume that he's like, man, I don't know what to do. And Paul has an amazing response. Do you guys want to hear it? This is what Paul says to Timothy. It's going to be up on the screen. He says, don't let anyone... Look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. What Paul said to Timothy, he said, hey man, don't let anyone count you out. It doesn't matter how old you are, and don't even let them look down on you. In fact, I'm calling you to stand up, to rise up and lead, and set an example for all those old dudes, and show them what it actually looks like to follow Jesus. Come on, yeah, Timothy, right? Everyone say, yeah, Timothy. Come on. For real, yeah, Connor. <laughs> come on, yeah, Connor. Come on, yeah. And friends, I want to just, the reason I share this with you, the reason I share this with you is because as a leader in your lives, I'm not claiming to be the level of Paul, but as an older leader in your lives, I want you to know that what I have to say to you is don't let anyone look down on you for your age. Don't let anyone count you out. Don't let anyone underestimate your ability to own your faith and make an impact in the world because there's greatness in you. And guys, I'm actually, I believe, and I'm calling you guys to rise up and lead your generation, lead my generation, lead the older generations, and set an example of what it looks like to actually follow Jesus with your whole heart. Right, Chloe? Come on, that's amazing. I don't know if you guys get fired up, but I get fired up about you. I'm not here just to teach you. I'm not here to just be like, make sure Stephen knows all his Bible answers. That's not what I'm here to do. I don't care if you pass the quiz on Bible information. I'm here because I genuinely believe that each one of you is going to make an incredible impact in the world. And you don't have to wait until you're 40 years old. You can make an impact right now. Amen? And all the middle schoolers said, Amen. come on, for real. Like I said in the beginning, there is incredible greatness in you. Everyone say this with me. Say, there is incredible greatness in me. Throw that up on the screen, Connor. Or not Connor, sorry, Alex, whoever's back there. I'm used to saying Connor. One more time. Say, there is incredible greatness inside me. That's right. I want to tell you real fast about a, a verse that I love. It's Ephesians 3.20. How many of you were at One Heart? How many of you went to One Heart? Raise your hand. One Heart is amazing. How many of you got a sweatshirt from One Heart? That sweatshirt from One Heart, that black sweatshirt that says 3.20 is talking about this verse, Ephesians 3.20. And this is what it says. This is a wild verse, guys. Check this out. It says, now to him or to God who is able to do, check this out, immeasurably more 
than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work in us. Look at this up. Look at this. Break this down. Immeasurably more. That's a lot, right? That's like, that means like way more. God is able to do way more than all we ask or imagine. How wild can you guys imagine? How wild can you imagine? For real, let me ask you this. Can you imagine, how wild of an imagination could you have of making an impact in the world? Like, wild impact in the world, right? Carly, you could imagine making an incredible impact in the world, right? Right? This says that God is able to do immeasurably more than that. Whatever the wildest thing that you can come up with, God's able to do immeasurably more than that according to the power that's in, at work where? In you, right? In us. The power that's at work where? Say it again. Where? Where? I need you to yell it. Where? That's right. God is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or think according to the power that's at work in you. If there's an issue that you see with this world, you get to change it. You're God's answer, right? Guys, I just want to tell you, I believe in you so much. I genuinely, I wholeheartedly believe this. I believe that your generation is going to be the generation that puts an end to chronic depression and anxiety. I genuinely believe that. Depression and anxiety is a plague that is filling our earth. So many people are depressed and diagnosed with depression. But guess what? I believe that through Jesus, you guys, your generation is going to put an end to it. Because you're going to know the immeasurable joy that's in Jesus. For real. Amen? Who would like to see an end to anxiety and depression? Right? For real. And there's so many other things that I believe you guys are capable of. So many other things. I believe that you guys are going to be the leaders of the church that is going to bring in thousands, billions of people to come and know Jesus and not just know him in their head, but to know him in a way that transforms their life. I believe that you guys, even though you live in a generation that is filled with tons and tons of options, you have so many different choices to fill your time and entertain you and to keep you busy, but I believe that you guys are going to choose Jesus above all of that. I believe that, and that's going to make it way more powerful. Amen? Amen. Oh, it's good. Does anyone feel encouraged? Good. That's my hope. This is how I want to wrap up today. I want to leave you with a couple, a couple, <laughs> a couple practical steps to begin to live this out. Can we do that real fast? You guys still with me? Say yee yee if you're still with me. Yee yee. All right, cool. All right, let's go. Number one practical step believe that you are old enough. All right, everyone say that. Believe that you are old enough. So here's what I mean by this. You guys are in an interesting stage. How many of you want to be treated older, right? Right? Sometimes, in some areas, if we're being honest, in some areas, we like being a kid, right? Some areas, we like being a kid, and that's okay. But in other areas, we want to be treated old, older. Would you agree? 
Here's what I want you to do. I want you to believe that you're old enough to begin to own your own faith. Believe that you're old enough to begin to own your own faith. For most of you guys, not all of you, but most of you guys, you come to church because it's all you've known. Your parents bring you, and you're a Christian because that's what you were raised to believe, right? Would you agree? Right? But here's the deal. You're old enough to begin to make decisions about Jesus and to begin to own your own faith on your own. You have permission to ask questions. You have permission to seek out Jesus and to begin to make this thing your own. All right? You with me? Everyone say, believe that I am old enough. Say, I am old enough. That's good. That's number one. All right? Here's number two. Take one step towards owning your faith. Okay? That's step number two. Okay? So I'm not telling you to just become a super adult that just is completely on your own and believes everything right now. That's not, that wouldn't be a good choice. But what I'm telling you is to take one step to owning your faith, okay? So there's different ways that you could do this. Maybe for you, it's picking a time every day to pray and listen. So that's one thing I want to tell you about prayer. Prayer isn't just talking to God. It's also listening to his response to you, amen? If you don't know, God speaks to your heart. God speaks to your mind. He speaks to your thoughts. And maybe for you, it's just picking a time consistently to go for 10 minutes and talk to God and make it your own. Or maybe for you, it's just picking one book of the Bible to read through. Just one book. I recommend the book of John if you're taking notes. You know, open up the book of John. It's the gospel or the message of Jesus' life and begin to read it. And there will be things in there that are confusing, that don't always make sense, that you have questions about. And guess what? That's okay. That's a part of owning your faith. It's a part of asking questions and going, I don't know what this means. And going to your table leader and being like, hey, what do you think this means? Right? You guys with me? All right. Another step could be just asking a table leader to mentor you. Table leaders, raise your hands. All these people, these table leaders that are in this room are here because they believe in the greatness in you. Right, leaders? Right? You guys have full permission. Yes, I'm a leader too. You guys have full permission to go to any of these leaders and say, hey, will you mentor me and will you pour into my life? But that's on you to make that choice. Right, Carly? That's good. And lastly, another just step could be just simply asking questions about God and your faith. Ask me. Ask your leaders. Ask your parents. Say, hey, what does it mean when it's this? What does it mean when the Bible says this? What, is, what do we mean by salvation? What do we mean by the gospel? What do we mean by sin? What do those things mean? How many of you guys ask questions in your life? You guys are middle schoolers. You're known for asking questions, right? <laughs> You're like, why do you ask so many questions? I don't know. <laughs> Right? That's good. That's good. All right. One more. Can you guys hang for one more? Hang for one more. Here's one more. And this is the last thing, last step. Ask God to give you a dream for greatness. Hear that again. Ask God to give you a dream for greatness. Because like we said, guys, you guys are, have incredible greatness within you. There's incredible greatness within you. 
Ask God to show you and to give you dreams for the greatness of your life and the impact that you can make. And it's not prideful because it's the power of God that's in you that makes you great. You're made in the image of God, and that's pretty great. Right, Connor? So ask God for a dream for greatness. Ask God for a dream for greatness. For me, I didn't do this until I was 17, but when I was 17, I asked God for a dream. And the dream that he gave me was actually to see the entire city of Grand Rapids transformed, to be a city that represented heaven and a city that represented the kingdom of God. And I still hold that dream, but for three years after high school, I gave myself wholeheartedly to seeing Grand Rapids become like the kingdom of heaven, to become like Jesus's domain. And I saw people saved on the streets. I saw people who were lame, that were crippled, walk and jump around in full healing. I got crazy favor and opportunities where I got to sit as a 19-year-old, or I was probably 18 actually, an 18-year-old, a mega church in the Grand Rapids area invited me and my friend to come and consult with their senior leaders to ask what they should do in the city of Grand Rapids. And that's not me bragging on me. That's bragging on the greatness that God's put in me, and that greatness is in you. Amen? Everyone say, there is greatness in me. Don't underestimate your faith, guys. Don't underestimate your faith. You guys can change this world. You guys can own your faith. I don't underestimate you. Our leaders don't underestimate you. So don't underestimate yourselves. All right? Let's pray. Close your eyes. Father, I just thank you so much for all these mighty men and women in this room. Father, I thank you that they're the Timothys right now. God, that they're the young men and women who are on fire for you, that aren't counted out but can actually lead whole churches. God, I pray that every person, every person that knows you in this room, God, would know the greatness that you've called them to. And right now, if you're in this room and you're like, I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus. I've never given him my life. I've never said, proclaimed him as Lord. I've never, I've never asked that same spirit that raised him from the dead to come and fill my life and fill me with greatness. And you want that today? With everyone's eyes closed, would you just lift your hand? Lift your hand if that's you. That's amazing. Hands are going up. Any other hands? Come on, that's awesome. Let's pray this together. Let's say, Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for taking away my sins, for forgiving me through your death, and thank you for raising again. And I believe that I have new life just like you. I receive that today. Fill me with that spirit. Fill me with your spirit. I receive it. Today, greatness fills me. Amen. Amen. That's awesome.